As church-going parents, you may have listened to all the right people, read all the right books, and never missed a Sunday service from the time your kids were born. And still you find yourself scratching your head over why your kids do what they do. Well, the truth is, as important as spending quality time with our kids, taking them to church, reading the Bible, praying with them, loving and disciplining them are, we also need to take the lead in guarding how much time we and our kids are spending getting indoctrinated by our culture. Now, that cultural indoctrination comes most often from the media we consume. So we must evaluate not just the quantity of time, but also the quality of that media as well. Today, a look at making wise media choices, next on License to Parent. Welcome once again to License to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program helping teens in crisis. Now, as we've said on past programs, our goal here is to take what we're learning inside the gates of Shepherds Hill every day and serve it up so you can be more intentional in your parenting and avoid the need to come face-to-face with us altogether. I'm Rich Rosel. Our host on License to Parent is the founder and director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. And Trace... Uh, Living in today's America, we've really found ourselves living in a time where media is almost part of the family because it seems to be with us wherever I go. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. Uh, You know, it's it's, it's a funny story. (laughs) As I was heading to a a restaurant the other day, I I stopped to get gas. And uh, on my gas pump, there was a video screen with a guy talking to me about something the whole time I I was pumping my gas. I've seen that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and then uh, as, as I'm uh, leaving the gas station and I'm driving uh, t- toward the restaurant, I'm following this minivan. And the minivan's got playing a screen, a video, uh, in front of some kids who were sitting in the back seat. Mm-hmm. And then when I get to the restaurant, uh, there had to be a screen on every square inch of every wall in that place. People were you know, sitting at their tables and their booths looking at their little portable screens, all while others were looking at the screens on the walls which were playing anything from, you know, the Weather Channel to uh, sports, you name it. Sure. So I get to the restroom, and I realize I uh, I could relieve my bladder, but my eyes could get no relief from the screens. There were screens facing any and every guy that would use any and every stall. I came back to moan the blues to my wife, and here her face is stuck smack dab into her little screen as I return. You know, after a good laugh, a good discussion, and a good meal— uh, we asked for our check, uh, and, and the waitress reminded us, "Hey, you know, you just you can pay your bill on that little screen on the table." Now I'm telling you this for a reason. Here's my point: there are 168 hours in a week. If we spend two hours a week in church and six hours a week of deep spiritual training with our kids, and that's a big if, and I'll leave it up to you whether that's actually happening or not. I think we know the answer to that one. That still leaves 160 hours for our culture to indoctrinate us through media. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, a stacked deck and a, and a golden opportunity to unravel whatever spiritual gains were made in those eight hours devoted to any kind of biblical worldview. Uh, that's why the Deuteronomy 6, 6, and 7 approach to raising kids and leading our families is so critical. Uh, and just to remind our listeners, Deuteronomy 6, 6, and 7 says, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Now, those verses imply not necessarily specific times of spiritual teaching, as necessary as they are, 
but rather a, a lifestyle of regular attitudes and actions of heart that are indelibly implanted by the Spirit of Jesus Christ on our hearts and minds everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a spiritual dynamic that kids want to see who and what we actually are. And that comes from those rivers of living water that Jesus uh, uh, said should naturally flow out of us in everything that we do. So the word impress here is not simply a, a talking about mere teaching. It's, it's more like a branding, uh, call it brainwashing if you must. But as we talk about all the time on this broadcast, kids are going to do what we do more naturally then they'll do what we merely say, especially when doing what we do flows out of who and what we are. There's a tremendous amount of security for a kid who knows that his parents are truly God-inspired human beings. Hopefully today's guest will help us uh, get sorted out uh, as we uh, go through the program. Uh, Philip Telfer, who has ministered to youth and families for over 25 years, is joining us. He's uh, shared at camps and retreats and schools and conferences and churches all around the country. He's the president of Media Talk 101. That's a a nonprofit ministry dedicated to teaching media discernment in the light of following Christ. He's also author of the book Media Choices, Convictions or Compromise that we've talked about before. And he's produced and co-directed the award-winning documentary Captivated, Finding Freedom in a Media Captive Culture. That, by the way, is available on DVD or right now via streaming on Amazon Prime. He's founded the annual Christian Worldview Film Festival and Filmmakers Guild. And uh, as you'll learn from this conversation, he's a passionate man about family-integrated church and ministry. He serves as the teaching pastor at Living Water Fellowship in Bolverde, Texas. And uh, by the way, he and his wife, Mary, have been married 26 years. They've got four kids and one grandchild. Philip, welcome back to Licensed to Parent, brother. Hey, it's great to be on your show, Trace. Hey, so what's new in the life of Philip Telfer and uh, Media Talk 101 and all the other things you got going on? Well, sure, it's been a while since uh, the two of us were on your show talking about Captivated, yeah. you know, the documentary about media and entertainment, which we interviewed you on in 2011. It just seems like things have, have ramped up, you oh, know, boy, from they? that point. Things haven't settled down. And um, I remember years ago, I was, I was in Knoxville, Tennessee, and this was a real notable moment you know, in my ministry, when I was speaking to a group of kids, and uh, I spoke about many things about media and entertainment, but including video games, and this 12-year-old boy uh, came up to me afterwards, and he, you know, thanked me, which was unusual, (laughs) thanked me for speaking to their group, and we had this personal conversation where he began to share a little bit about his background, you know, he he talked about living with his grandparents, which told me, you know, he came from a broken, broken home, and then what he said next really rocked my world. He says, you know, he says, I play a lot of video games. They're not good. But honestly, he says, uh, I'm lonely. And I don't know what to do with myself. Mm. And I, uh-huh. I couldn't believe that a 12-year-old could articulate that because he was speaking for, you know, his, his generation. And uh, that, that left uh, an indelible impression upon my heart. And so it has continued to, you know, cultivate within me First of all, recognizing the soul of of you know a gamer, but also in how to how to help reach them and how to help uh, reach their parents. And so I wrote a novel, and it's about a gamer uh, named Alex who uh, really wants to go pro, but really needs to grow up. 
and um, it's it's a, an adventure, and it's written for teens. Parents have enjoyed the book as well, but uh, I want to encourage you to get it. You can find that on Amazon. It's called Why Save Alexander, and it has a lot to do with what we're talking about today, but also gives you maybe a little peek into what might happen you know, when things begin to, the circumstances in a young man's life begins to change, and he is now faced with um, a real crisis that video games can't help him with. That's been my focus of recent. Well, you know, uh, almost everyone you talk to, in, in Christian circles anyway, are, are appalled by the behavior of so many young people today. You, you sound like you've got a, a kid there that uh, may be the exception, but I I know that that's been true since the beginning of time. That you know, every generation thinks the next generation is a bunch of maniacs. Uh, it was certainly true for my generation. But I, I think there's something to be said for the fact that the outrage has been ratcheted up exponentially in recent times. Uh, certainly since Captivated was uh, put together, I didn't realize it was that long ago—nine years ago. Uh, remember, it's it's the rebellious, pot-smoking baby boomers and sex-crazed Gen Xers that are now appalled and outraged. Uh, do you happen to know just how much of this is stemming from uh, what what kids are being regularly entertained by today? You have any way to gauge that? Oh, absolutely. It, it's interesting because you know each generation is a is a product of oftentimes a product of some poor parenting and guidance. Right. There's been so many articles you know since Captivated release about um, what, they, what you would call the failure to launch syndrome or, or Peter Pan syndrome right. or adult adolescence or kidults, you know, however <laughs> you want to describe it. But it's this idea of just, you know, especially our young men as, you know, going through the teenage years into adulthood, they're not taking responsibility. But it's interesting that in just about every article I have ever read or book that I've ever read on this subject, one of the top things on the list are video games. And when you think about the first home video game console that hit the market, you know, it was back in 1972. You know, it was the year I was born. You know, it's called the Magnavox Odyssey. And at the time, it was, it was unlikely that, you know, anybody imagined uh, how, what, what would look like 40 years later, you know, and uh, in 2007, there, which is going back quite a ways, but there was a moment in history which is important. And that's when the video game, you know, Halo 3 Boy. set a record. It sold $170 million worth of video games in 24 hours. And what, what's significant about that year and uh, that transition was that was not just like a video game sales record. That was an entertainment industry sales record. Like nothing in the entertainment industry up to that point had sold $170 million of anything in 24 hours. But it wasn't going to stop there. In fact... That just that record kept getting uh, broken by you know Grand Theft Auto Four, and then you know more recently Grand Theft Auto Five broke that record and several others. It was the best-selling video game in 24 hours, the fastest entertainment property to gross a billion dollars, the fastest video game to gross one billion, the highest-grossing video game in 24 hours, and the highest revenue generated by an entertainment product in 24 hours. And then you know for you know in case. Your audience is not aware, you know, Grand Theft Auto V, like all the other Grand Theft Autos, is rated mature, 17 plus. And let me just quote here, you know, this is, this is not something I'm inventing. This is what the, the game makers put as uh, why this is rated 
mature 17 plus for intense violence, blood and gore, nudity, mature humor, strong language, strong sexual content, use of drugs and alcohol. And this is the top selling a Guinness book of world's records, uh, entertainment product of all time. Yeah. So that that tells you something. Yeah. I I would say that, that today's, generation are, are pleasured in the imbecility. Uh, John D. Rockefeller made the statement, you know, I can think of nothing less pleasurable than a life devoted to pleasure. Are we a society that's addicted to pleasure and, and we just don't see it or want to accept it? Oh, absolutely. And it's one of the, uh, you know, I've got a, uh, in fact, I, let me just give a plug here for your, your listeners because uh, on my website, philiptelford.com, I have a free resource. It's called Seven Considerations in the Age of Video Games. So some of the things I'm talking about here and more, they can find there. It's a free free ebook. They can just download. But in that, one of the considerations that I have challenged uh, young men to think about and parents, you know, in regard to video games, is this uh, culture of escapism. And of course, escapism has been around for a long time. Sure. I mean, the oldest form of it is, is getting drunk, right. you know, but today... You know, the epicenter of the escapist culture really is surrounding video games. And the, 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 the thing about escapism is it has to do with getting away from responsibilities. You know, you're, you're, you don't want to face reality. Right. You want to you escape the responsibilities of life. And life has a lot of responsibilities. And life is, you know, it's full of challenges and troubles. And we have this culture that just doesn't want to face them. So they would rather escape those realities. And so it is, it has become such a situation, you know, so the Oxford dictionary says about escapism, it's the tendency to seek distraction and relief from unpleasant realities, especially by seeking entertainment or engaging in fantasy. So that really does define our culture today. How do you answer the person who says, look, uh, this is make-believe. This is just a game. Um, you know, I played uh, Army when I was a kid. I turned out fine, blah, 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 blah. How, how do you respond to that? Yeah. Well, first of all, I respond, tell me, Trace, when you played Army, and I did. You know, we played cops and robbers. We played cowboys and Indians. We played Army. Right. Um, but, but did you play Army for, for six hours a day, seven days a week? <laughs> Good point. Because if you did... I don't care what you're playing. I think I would tell your parents, you know what? Your, your son has a problem. Yeah. You know, he's, he's playing. <laughs> if he's playing army six hours a day, seven days a week, man, that's, that's over the top. There's something warped there. Sure. Some, there's a real distortion. It's like, I, I, you know, I didn't play army, you know, even two hours a day, seven days a week, maybe not even one hour a day, seven days a week. It was, it was on occasion and, and there was a, a it wasn't the immersive experience that video games are offering today that just become a huge time sink, which is one of those other considerations. It's not just the content, mm-hmm. but it's also about how much time is being spent because the Bible tells us we're to redeem the time, which means, you know, you've got to purchase back. We're losing time. And the reason why time is so, so not valued today, why, you know, among parents as well as their kids is because of a lack of purpose. And when, and, and perp, you know, time is related to purpose. And when you have purpose in life, it, it affects how you think about time. 
And so Jesus had purpose. And so time was precious. And he taught his disciples that life has purpose. And so time was precious. And we need to, we need to redeem that time. Instead, there's so much time just being squandered. And really, there are so many forms of entertainment. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not just exclusively picking on video games here. It just so happens that video games is the, is the biggest black hole of all the entertainment right now. It, it just sucks, you know, <laughs> all, everything into its, its emptiness. So even, um, you know, seemingly harmless games um, can, can really take over people's lives. You know, in Captivated, we highlighted a, uh, a middle-aged woman who got addicted to playing Farmville right. and, her, and her life was just uh, saturated with that. And so it doesn't have to be Fortnite or Grand Theft Auto or any other, you know, first person shooter game. It could be some mundane thing that's just sucking the life out of you and keeping you from doing real things. Hey, our guest today on Licensed to Parent is Philip Telfer. He's president of Media Talk 101, also author of the book Media Choices, Convictions or Compromise. And he's a producer and co-director of the documentary Captivated, Finding Freedom in a Media Captive Culture, which, by the way, is available to stream on Amazon Prime. Uh, you can also find his article that he mentioned earlier, Seven Considerations in the Age of Video Games, on his website, philiptelfer.com. And that's uh, P-H-I-L-L-I-P. Telfer is spelled T-E-L-F-E-R, philiptelfer.com. We'll be back with more Licensed to Parent right after this.
Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. A reminder that uh, you can pick up some of our past conversations on this program by going to our website, licensedtoparent.org. While there, you can also subscribe to our blog. I encourage you to do so. We're trying to do everything we can to help you be a more intentional parent. And our guest today on Licensed to Parent is Philip Telfer, president of Media Talk 101. And uh, we are talking about the influence of video games on uh, on your kids and on you as well. Uh, Philip has written an article called Seven Considerations in the Age of Video Games, and you can find that on his website, philiptilfer.com. Back during the Christmas break, um, when our family was last all together, we pulled out the game Rummy Cube. Uh, just, I'm not marketing Rummy Cube, but we pulled it out, and we spent hours playing this because we'd be sitting around the table you know, visiting, we had this stuff out, and we might play game after game of that, or Monopoly, or whatever. Um, to the point where one might argue, well, wow, you are almost addicted to your board games. Uh, how is engagement in a in a board game or a card game different uh, from the engagement we're talking about in video games? That's a great question, and I'm going to answer it, but I'm going to also preface it with something. Is I, I am a big believer in the importance of recreation in its proper place. You know, if you looked up recreation in the Webster's 1828 dictionary, you know, I'm not going to quote it for you, but it's going to tell you it's, it's about finding, you know, rest and rejuvenation after, you know, hard work. Yeah. Recreating. So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's needed. And God knows that we need recreation. The, the problem in our culture is that we've got it reversed. You know, recreation is supposed to be something that happens after you you work hard yeah. and you you have labor. Not a way and of so life. We have kids that don't even do their chores or are you know apathetic about work. It's because they live in an entertainment culture. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, I'm a big fan of recreation, and I believe that you know even when it comes to the the occasional screen time, whether you're watching a movie, you know, I still think that that should be limited but I believe it's better when you do it together. And a game forces you, a board game, first of all, you have multiple people, it's slower, you're interacting with one another, and as you mentioned, even though you can burn quite a few hours in an evening on a game, I've yet to see anybody really get addicted to a board game. Maybe, maybe there's a few out there, but, but I'll tell you what, the World Health Organization, the American Society of Pediatrics, they're not even considering you know, board game addiction as, you know, a problem in our country right now. Well, so that go, itself tells you there's a big difference. Yeah, and I think there's something to be said for the fact that board games are not going to be uh, shooting an overabundance of adrenaline into your system, dopamine, uh, serotonin, cortisol. And we can't expect to live our lives on a perpetual mountaintop experience. Because if you're living yeah. your life on a mountaintop experience... You're going to crash when, you know, when you're supposed to be plateauing. And then when you go into the valley, what happens to your life then? It's like you, you cannot stand to do the mundane things of life, like combing your hair and brushing your teeth. It's just too mundane. 
Uh, and and we, you know as well as I do, Philip, kids are wearing Depends, big diapers. Uh, and I know these, these are extreme cases. And we, our last guest, uh, Dr. Carderos, I mentioned him earlier, talks about all kinds of cases where these kids are, they go into psychotic breaks where they, they think they're, they're sitting in, a, in an office and they think they're still living in the video game. My question is how far short of these psychotic breaks uh, are we willing to allow our kids to push the envelope with uh, just to c- keep them entertained living a near mountaintop experience on a regular basis? It doesn't seem to make any sense to me. Yeah, young people are not getting rejuvenated, you know, right. by playing video games. They're getting worn out. Their right. their brains are getting worn out. They're, they're, the systems within the brain are, are getting fried. There's Their souls are getting thin. And right. really, this is what it comes down to. I want to talk about the soul of the gamer. You know, in the Old Testament, God was speaking through the prophet Jeremiah to his own people, and he says, you know, there's two things I've got that I have a problem with you. And of course, I'm paraphrasing here, but he says, but these are the two things I have against you. Number one, you have rejected me, the, the fountain of living water. So the source of water for your thirsty souls. You know, you, your, your souls are, are hungry and thirsty, and, and I'm the source, but you You've rejected me. You've deni- you're, you're denying yourself that. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing he had a problem with them, he says, you've hewn out cisterns, which are basically, you know, you uh, dig out something like a well that's supposed to contain water. But he says, but they don't hold any water. And, and so you've cut off the source for your soul, and then you're trying to carve out things that really don't work. And that's the story of our culture today. Yeah. Yep. And so many kids today, they don't have that source of water coming from God. Amen. They don't even have that source of water coming from sometimes, you know, hmm. uh, parents that are engaging them in the right ways. Right. And then, you know, they're getting the wrong source through peers and, and their souls are empty. They, their cisterns don't hold any water. And so we want, we want to we be able to encourage parents. You know, you've you got to be concerned about the soul as well as the behavior of your child. Yeah, absolutely. And that comes when margin is put into the equation. These kids are like monkeys on a vine. There's no margin in their lives. They don't turn loose at one pleasure until they got another one in their hands. And parents are complicit in this. Uh, you know, God science agree that the brain actually operates better, more efficiently when it when it's, works slower. Uh, if, if you drive your car in passing gear, you're, you're in Texas, you're not going to get out of your county doing you know seventy miles an hour if you're uh, in first gear or you know your engine's revved up eight uh, gajillion RPMs, but that's what we're we're doing to our kids' brains when we we just have no uh, wise media protocol, and uh, I hope parents glean some insights into our last several programs because this is what we've been talking about. And Philip, we are out of time. Uh, What a tremendous blessing to have you back. We need to do it again. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Well, again, our thanks to Philip Telfer, the president of Media Talk 101, author of the books, Media Choices, Convictions, or Compromise, and the new book, which he was just talking about, Why Save Alexander. Those are available online, probably wherever you get your books. Uh, And, of course, he's also uh, produced the documentary film, Captivated, Finding Freedom in a Media Captive Culture. And um, that is available on DVD, but it's also available to stream now on Amazon Prime. And again, a reminder that you can download his free ebook and study guide called Seven Considerations in the Age of Video Games. 
That's on his website at philiptelfer.com. And that's it for this edition of Licensed to Parent. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. That's where you can check out our previous Licensed to Parent conversation, subscribe to our blog, and learn more about our parent ministry, Shepherd's Hill Academy. And while you're there, if you think that the work we do is beneficial, would you prayerfully consider becoming one of our financial partners to help families who may not be in a position to afford residential care get the help they need for their troubled teen? You can give securely online, and every gift is appreciated when you click the Donate button at LicensedToParent.org. Our guest coordinator on today's program is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosl, inviting you back again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else or something else will. God bless you. See you next time.